see no changes Wake up in the morning and I ask myself It's like worth living, should I blast myself? I'm tired of being born, even worse, I'm black Welcome, I'm your host here and you are tuned in to Am I Pretty Enough as a Black Woman show where we'll be discussing difficult topics that might be tough to discuss within the Black community. Today's topic is, what does it mean to be Black in America? I have a few guests to join me to discuss this topic. My name is Victor. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur, uh, an educator, and a server of all things Black. Cool. Um, hey, good afternoon. My name is Talia Taylor. I am an instructional designer by trade, and uh, when I'm not when I'm not working, I'm creating all types of art. All right, thank you. So, what does it mean to be black in America? A race that is constantly looked at as a threat, places fear in the eyes of others, but yet we live in the country that is considered the land of the free. My ancestors weren't free when they were beat and chained, dragged across on boats to help build the same country that fear us. Now, I know I'm probably just another black person that is always bringing up slavery, but I'm not sorry because it is my history and it plays a major role in the black community today. We as black people may not be picking cotton or chained, but we still are being whipped mentally and enslaved in multiple ways, which is needed to be discussed at a later time. So when you hear the question, what does it mean to be black in America? What is the first thing that comes to mind? Victor, you wanna, <laughs> you wanna go first? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, I see. Uh, so the first thing that comes to mind to me is the quote from like James Baldwin where he talks about to be black and consciousness in America and conscious in America is to be in a state of uh, rage, uh, just of being this control, uncontrollable like anger, given the condition, given the history, given um, socioeconomic status, majority of black folks' socioeconomic status in this country. And just the way we've been treated throughout history in this country is one that makes one continuously enraged and furious with the condition. So that's one end of it, but then the other end of it, even with all those things that's against us, even with all those things I just named, black folks tend to still figure out ways to to make joy, to make happiness, to make, create, and and do things, and, and do the unthinkable. So there's one hand of me that's like, damn, this shit is fucked up, but then the other hand of me is like, damn, we as, people are so strong and not in the sense of just being strong but just we just so we persevere so well in these situations where we still are creating we still are joyous we still are um smart we still are just doing everything we we possibly can to survive and i think that's amazing yeah i'd like to to echo that um and I agree with all of that. I think I, for, for me personally, um, I think it depends on where we're at in our journey as human beings. Um, I think it can mean multiple things. I can speak for me personally. When I was younger, being black in America meant it meant struggle. It meant a challenge. It meant 
persevering through immediate social trauma, social toxins that I was around, um, living in Compton, um, living in the Bay Area, you know, I felt like my my ethnicity was was the thing that everybody first saw and, and they still see it, you know, as, as I got older. But uh, because my experiences were limited at that age, I just kind of associated my blackness with what I was being told it meant to be black um, from from my immediate environment as well as what I've read. Um, as I've gotten older, I would talk to my grandparents a lot about my identity and, and how that influenced a lot of my decisions. And my grandfather, he would actually get frustrated with me. He's a black guy from West Oakland and he would get very frustrated and, and challenge me to, um, he would always say, you know, you, you with this, with this black, with this blackness, like I understand where you're coming from, but you have to think bigger. You have to think bigger, like it's bigger than that. And I didn't understand what he meant. And I thought he was encouraging me to bypass my blackness, to bypass the struggles I was going through. Um, but he since passed and, and I've, you know, had more experiences and, and for me, I'm, um, honestly, to me, what it means to be black in America for me, is it is a it is a complexion that people see and they're going to they're going to perceive me based on their own experiences that they have with blackness so to me it's more so about um it's more so about it's just something that i use to navigate human interaction my culture um and my relationship to my culture is what it is but my my what that means in America as an American, it really, it, it, it's like a tool, I guess, a tool that can be used for better or for worse, depending on the experiences people have had with blackness, the people that I encounter and come in, into contact with. Okay. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with um, everything both of you are saying. And I think for me, when I hear what does it mean to be black in America, I automatically think about what is currently happening today for black people um, and some of the unjust things um, that has happened and is still happening. Um, and just recently right now as what's going on at the Capitol with our white counter. Um, supposedly protesting, but they're rioting, right? And when black people protest, it's considered a riot. But when white people protest, a riot, it's considered a protest. Um, and I simply feel that being black in America sometimes, unfortunately, um, is looked at as bad, wrong, um, unequal, um, unjust, unfair. Um, and unfortunately, the color of one's skin as a black person, whether you're light or dark, um, you're still going to be questioned um, where you're going, who are you, why are you here, do you belong Absolutely. here? Um, yep. And it, it it saddens me as a black person, especially as a black woman, um, that I have to watch what I do, what I say, <laughs> how I move, 
um, when I go outside, I do have to think in the back of my mind, am I going to get pulled over today? Is today going to be um, my last day? Unfortunately, if a cop pulls me over and might not be in the right, might be in a bad mood today, um, I have to make sure that I um, say the right things. Yes, ma'am. No, no, sir. Um, when I am pulled over by a cop, um, no matter what my education background is, whether or not I might own a, a business or not, um, or I articulate myself well, it, it really doesn't matter in a way because if I make one wrong mistake, all of that can end. And so that's kind of what comes to mind when I hear it, um, hear the question, what does it mean to be black in America? And so my next question is, why do you think we as black people have not had the opportunity to be able to advance collectively as a race in America. That's a, um, <clears throat> that's a I know. Let's right unload there. it. <laughs> well, I'll I, you know, I think. Well, obviously. Well, I don't want to say obviously, but. You know, historically, there have been laws that have prevented us from, mm -hmm. um, you know, from uh, a part of me because I'm, I'm treading lightly over my words because I'm still having to unlearn a lot of the narratives that have been um, spoken to me about black people. So because some of the things that we that we strive for are basic but then other things are so we can compete and be neck to neck mm -hmm. with white people and i'm not necessarily striving to do that mm -hmm. at this point in my life so like for example the redlining when it comes to black people living in certain white communities i i don't want to i thought i thought I, I almost wanted to bring that up but then i had to catch myself because that's that i wouldn't necessarily align that with advancement mm -hmm. that that's more so just being um included right. you know but to but to buy a house or to um to make money black people even even during periods where black people were enslaved there were african americans mm -hmm. who were advancing economically who were matriculating and and becoming millionaires of their time i think collectively currently in 2020 um 21. I think it's, I, sorry, yeah, thank you. 2021, um, I think it's a both and. I do think that there are, there are people of other ethnic backgrounds who, who don't want to work with mm -hmm. us, who may not have any interest in working with us. Um, and, you know, that it is what it is. Um, I think on our end, sometimes what I, and I'll just speak for, for what I see amongst many of my peers um i think we can allow ourselves to get distracted kind of um by a lot of popular culture and maybe you know more so on the negative internal struggles that we have um so i think i think it's kind of a, a both a both and people not wanting to work with us as well as us sometimes not getting out of our own way as well okay yeah. Well, <clears throat> I, I definitely agree, and I, I think this other thing for me. So I, I, I think if you would have told me this BC <laughs> before Corona, I would have, a, I would have, 
I would have had a different answer, but now that we are in the hype, some people think the end, I think probably in the, in the middle of the pandemics, um, it's more prevalent to me. So I, I think about it, I don't know if people, I'm not necessarily the, the scholar on the Bible, um, nor do I maybe uh, identify fully as like Christian, but I think that one of the scriptures where it says the mm-hmm. love of money is the root of all evil. I, I think that for me really sums up why for me now at this moment. And really what that means is there's this idea of like wanting to control, wanting to have power and control over resources and people. And so the way in which race comes up or is created is so that one mm-hmm. group of people can keep control and can keep power and can keep um, control of like resources, which i.e. comes up to be money, right? We know money to be a resource at this moment, but whatever resources were, whether it's gold, whether it's food, whether it's water, whether it's access to certain natural resources, all of that is about control. And so when one person, when one group of people come and pillage and take that, those resources from everyone else, they could be looked at as big, uh, as villains. They could be looked at as like horrible people in, in the landscape of the world. But what happens is um, you create this thing called race that says the reason and you use God, you use religion to say, hey, we can take and do these things because oh, God man. ordains it. <laughs> God says that we are the ones that have control <laughs> over you all. And you are less than you should have. Mm-hmm. You should obey your masters. <laughs> you should do X, Y, and Z. And so this whole idea of even creating race as we know it today really comes from the idea of in order for me to justify what I'm doing to you, mm-hmm. you have to be looked at as subhuman. Mm-hmm. I do have to be less than. And so you, over time, it's become what we know it to be in America. But initially, it starts up as just, I just need to separate people so that I can keep mm-hmm. the have-nots. I need to keep the have-nots away from, the, from, from coming together. Because if the have-nots come together, then they're going to overthrow me and all my powers won't be right. And that's just for the for rich people. That's not even has mm-hmm. to do with black or white. And that's to do with being rich. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to use race. I'm going to use this idea of the way they look as a way to treat them differently. And when I do that, they're subconsciously mm-hmm. going to start to believe this, that they are different mm-hmm. and they're not going to want to work with each other. That's how we get race in America today. And so that for me is that thing of why. That's kind of the why. We look at it play out today where you got groups of people voting <laughs> and against their best interests, voting for against their like you got groups of white poor whites who have much more in common with, with the common everyday black person voting for someone and voting for a party most of the time that doesn't necessarily benefit them directly. What they don't that's what they don't understand, but they hide under this concept of being white. And the people who the politicians uh, kind of uh, cater mm-hmm. to this whiteness, if that makes sense. And, and, and fearmonger them into believing that they are their whiteness or their their conditions are being are at risk because of X, Y, and Z. Whether it's because of yeah, so that for me just totally shows why racism is super to me at this point about one group of people, which is the have-nots, which is the rich, which is the rich folks having uh, control and continue to keep control and power. Of resources and keeping everyone that doesn't have uh, fighting amongst each other for the little crumbs while they get it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I agree, and I definitely understand the breakdown 
of the concept of the rich wants to stay rich and in order to do so the poor must stay poor and somebody has to be poor and unfortunately it has been us and hispanic people in america and when i think about just uh not um why do we think um we as black people have not had the opportunity to be able to advance collectively as a race i simply think of the crab in the barrel um concept in that we are all trying to claw our way out um instead of trying to figure out how we can all get out together in the barrel and um sadly we have not figured out well we we figured it out we know but unfortunately all of us together has not understood that concept of reaching back and all of us figuring out how we can just all get up that ladder climb that ladder together and so this just goes into my last question um what will it take for us as black people to actually be treated fairly in america and do you think it can or will happen why or why not Victor, I can go after you. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> that's it. That's it. We gotta, we gotta unload it. 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 <laughs> um, I, okay, I'll say this, but I think the only way in which black people and poor people could be treated fairly in this country is through bloodshed and revolution and violence. I don't think I don't believe in the concept of taking the master tools and dismantling it, its house. This house has been rocking the way in which it's been rocking since it's been incepted. And it was made and created by rich old white men. And last time I checked, 400 however many years later since this country's inception. Mm -hmm rich old white men are still running it and there's been black folks there's been asian folks there's been latino folks there's been a, a small portion of, of native folks who have occupied certain positions of power where we would think that we would be able to get certain changes that we want to see but at every uh, at every chance of like black progress and poor progress there's always white laws and and legislation that come after that to dismantle all of that that um all of that work and all of that progress so for me historically if i think about it, the only way change really comes mm -hmm. the only way people really see things is when they are directly being affected their well-being so the only way i see people really changing is with violence and bloodshed okay. i don't think it's going to be the polls okay i just don't see Aaliyah. it i personally don't see it Person. Um, I used to, I used to, that used to be my stance. Um, and then I had a dream about what the world would be like if that happened. And I saw very clearly that, you know, I needed a different strategy and a different approach. Um, one, I think, you know, I think each individual black person should define fairness for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, no one else is going to wake up and go to work right. for you. All, all of our, all of our talk that we have, 
you're not going to work for me. My mom's not going to work for me. I need to wake up and put in the work. So am I, I, I need to be very clear about what I'm working for, what fairness means to me very concretely. And that is me forging a path for the person to come after me. So, and I, cause the, the big, the big grand thinking, I've spent my entire twenties. Y'all know, well, Victor, I've spoken to you offline for a little bit. Pierre, you, we, we, you see me at EOYDC, nonprofit, all of that. I've spent, you know, a lot of time trying to navigate that particular space. Um, and I realized that in order for me to have a family, to be able to afford the basics for my family, accepting that I live in a capitalist society, there's a certain amount of money that I'm just going to mm -hmm. have to make. Um, and so I switched. So basically what I'm saying is I, I, I stripped down the, the bigger collective thinking and, and figured and, and defined for myself, how can I, what can I do for myself that can open up doorways for other people in, in the most realistic possible way that I can. And for me, that was shifting to a different career field. Um, that means me negotiating six figure salaries for myself. Um, that means standing up for myself. If, if I find out another colleague is being hired at a higher rate than I am, and we have the same amount of experience, it means speaking up. It means risking, you know, being perceived as an angry black woman just because I'm, you know, advocating for myself and fair pay and equitable pay. Um, it means, it means reaching out to the CEO, just going straight to the CEO if I have a question. It means being brave enough to to, to do things that we're otherwise maybe mm -hmm. told we shouldn't do or we should or we should wait, you know, or we need to get approval. It means giving my granting myself permission to advocate mm -hmm. for myself and speak to people in power without them having to schedule a meeting with me. No, I, I want to schedule. I'm interested in what you have going on here. Let me schedule a meeting with you. Or there's uh, there's an opportunity to to serve on the Juvenile Justice Commission of West Contra Costa County. Let me let me apply to that and see if I get accepted. Let me apply. Let me apply. Just apply. Apply myself. You know what I mean? Because um, I, 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 this is just my thinking. I have to put in the work. I'm, I, I'm not waiting for a white person to give me anything. I'm not waiting for another black person to give me anything. I can't. Um, if that is an option, I would like to know how other people are doing that. If that's the route that they choose to go. Um, but I have to define it for myself, like on a very day-to-day -day basis, what that means to me. Okay, so um, I, I definitely appreciate your um, responses to this question. And so I think just for me personally, um, I would say, unfortunately, <laughs> I feel that we probably will never be treated fairly just off the bat but it is up to us to figure out how we can be able to um figure out how we can obtain things that we want to obtain in 
America. So the question you said was like, mm-hmm. um, what will it take for black people to be treated fairly? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I've never historically, I don't care how much money you make, I don't care what, what car you drive, I don't care how much you can sing and dance, I don't care like how much knowledge mm-hmm. you have. We all are familiar with what happened when Obama was president mm-hmm. and Henry Louis Gates was walking into his house and he got stopped by the cop. He was a black man who has a PhD who teaches at one of the highest, one of the most highest and brightest institution in the world. And that didn't stop mm-hmm. that cop from being like, you're a nigga and you're in this community. Why are you going into this house? Now he just said, he just so happens to be famous and to be have resources where he was able to go and talk with this cop. Like this cop, I was just gonna say this, this is what white privilege did. Like this cop really, literally, racially profiled somebody, tried to stop them from going into the house and got to go have a non-alcoholic beer in right. the White House to sit and talk with the other person that he had racially profiled. That's white privilege. And so I'm only gonna say that mm-hmm. like, I just don't see it. I don't care what you mm-hmm. have. If you're an entrepreneur and you're making money yourself, that you're not going to get treated equally to other people in this country, regardless. I think you can have a better life for yourself and for your family and for probably certain small, of a good portion of people in your community by like having a job or being an entrepreneur. But to think that black people are just going to start being treated fairly because mm-hmm. we're either working for somebody right. or we have our own business, that I don't see that ever happening because it hasn't happened <laughs> because there's black people. I'll say this. Kanye West was my favorite like rapper of all time, right? <laughs> Regardless right. of what you would say about him, he's my favorite, right? But this man, he's a billionaire now on paper, right? On paper, he's a billionaire. Right. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of money and the record companies won't let him buy his masters back. Is that the fair thing to do? not the fair thing to do right? right the fair thing is to do like there should be a price on these masters right. and I can pay it because mm-hmm. I have X amount of money but he can't do it the reason why he can't do it is because they're not about to let you take this money from me and so I just don't see I, that's just a small mm-hmm. example and it may not make sense but it right. does in the sense that like it's, mm-hmm. it's not going to they don't care right they don't care they, so I, care. they don't care all they care <laughs> that's about the thing money. it's historic it's though yeah, that's it's what I'm historic. saying. No so matter you'll never what be group treated. of people you you'll never are, be, there's been historically yeah. but you'll never since be treated the beginning fair. of time, there's no group right. that's ever been treated fairly. Right. No group ever. So I'm to a point in my life to where when it's when it's on an intrapersonal level, yes, I want to be respected. I want to be treated fairly. But to commit my entire life to changing an entire group of people. That I, I, I need to be prepared to go to war. I just want to say thank you both for joining me and discussing this topic. Any final words um, that everyone would like to share? I'll say, hey, you all, my name is Victor. And you can catch me on Instagram at Run the World Vic. And you can follow my business page at Run the World Clothing. Anyone listening, you know, anyone who's a former educator, who wants to earn more money and you know just transition I'm an instructional designer nobody told me about this career field didn't know it existed I found out about it by accident Um, and I'm just here to help people transition you know for educators who love teaching training Um, I'm here to help folks you know make that transition and 
you know, solve their solve their own economic problems. So as the late Maya Angelou once said, I'm a woman phenomenally. Thank you for listening. Follow us on social media at NAB Foundation. Thank you. Cops give a damn about a Negro. Pull a trigger, kill a nigga, he's a hero. Get it back to the kids who the hell cares. One less hungry mouth on the welfare. First ship them, don't let them deal with brothers. Give them guns, step back, watch them kill each other. It's time to fight back, that's what Huey said. Two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead. I got love for my brothers, but we can never go nowhere unless we share with each other. We gotta start making changes. Learn to see me as a brother instead of two distant strangers. And that's how I was supposed to be. How can the devil take a brother if he's close to me? Uh. I let it go back to when we played as kids, but then it changed.